This episode of Sauce Mama is brought to you by Dairy Farmers A2 Goodness Plus Prebiotic Milk. We've heard a lot about the importance of good gut bugs, but what these tiny organisms eat to survive is just as vital. They feed on prebiotics. And a super easy way to get prebiotics into your kid's diet is through the milk they drink. Containing only the A2 protein plus added prebiotics, Dairy Farmers A2 Goodness Plus Prebiotics is goodness from free-roaming, pasture-raised cows. Dairy Farmers, here's to good. We invite you to join the most exclusive, inclusive club for special needs mamas, Source Mama. Unapologetically candid, uncut and heartbreakingly real, whilst uniting, elevating and fiercely empowering. Join the greatest pride of lionesses ever to have walked the earth at saucemama.com.au or Instagram or Facebook, follow at saucemama. I'm Rachel Williams and I'm your host for this podcast and I'm really excited today to be speaking with Tanya Sava and to share her journey with you. Tanya has drastically changed the course of her life since becoming a single mama to her beautiful daughter, Kenzie. And she has special needs. As well as being a mum, Tanya is also a writer, a speaker, a life coach, a yoga teacher and a retreats facilitator, which is exhausting just listing all of that off for you. So it's very exciting that she's given up her time to be with us today. A big welcome to Tanya. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's my pleasure to be here. Oh, now where are you? You've you've got all of these amazing jobs that you do. Where are we actually? Which hat have you got on today and where are you in the country of ours? Uh, I'm in Sydney and, um, you know, I juggle between all of those hats at any time of the day. So right now I'm special needs mum and perhaps some of those other titles will come into the conversation. We'll see how that all unfolds. But yeah, uh, it's, such a, it's such a joy and a pleasure to be able to carry all of those roles because they are things that really fill me up and I know that are really important in the world today. Now, Tanya, tell us a little bit about your beautiful daughter, Kenzie. Yeah, I'd love to. So I've got uh, my beautiful Mackenzie. She goes by Kenzie, Kenzie Moo, Kenz. Uh, She is 11 and a half. Um, She's been saying since the day she turned 11 that she was 12 next year. Um, She's very excited. (laughs) Um, Mackenzie has a pretty significant uh, and multi-complex diagnosis. She has... Um, the center of her brain didn't develop properly and she's missing uh, a little membrane that joins the left and right hemispheres of the brain together Uh, and under that um, malformation she has uh, blindness and she has autism and an intellectual disability and uh, a low muscle tone uh, and really complex uh, hormone needs, so a really, a really complex medical condition that comes with that as well. Um, but on top of all of that, she's an absolute superstar, and I know that for anyone that follows me out there on social media, for the most part, they just really love seeing what Mackenzie's up to. <laughs> um, now that yeah. sounds like such an, a really challenging mix of conditions that she has and that you have to deal with as her mum and, and carer. How have you found that journey over that 11 and a half years? Oh, look, I think uh, everyone out there will, will know and understand and vouch that it's been such a challenge and it's probably the biggest and most common word you'll hear us all speak. 
and when you you know you when you're given this really complex and quite rare diagnoses, uh, you just are thrown into this world of medicine and therapy, and you're juggling so many different balls at the same time. And for the most part, the first sort of five or six years were the most challenging. But then as she started to sort of really come into her own and she was stable medically and had a better understanding of, you know, what her needs were, she's just really thriving. Uh, the last sort of few years, I've just seen her grow into the most beautiful, kind, caring, loving little person. And it's just truly such a, a pleasure and such a privilege to be her mum. And what about you um, when, you know, take your mum hat off, what were you doing career-wise before her? And obviously you tried to continue a career during all the juggle of, of what her life threw at you as well. Yeah, absolutely. I am an occupational therapist by trade. So I was sort of had my career on hold when I had her and when she was one, I separated from her dad and we were living in New Zealand at the time. So I moved back home uh, and returned back to my role as an occupational therapist and was so fortunate to fall into a role uh, working for one of my best friends uh, in catastrophic case management. So I had very severe um, injury management, brain injury, spinal cord injuries, um, you know, straight strokes and things like that. So it became really challenging to continue that role as an OT in my work and also continue to show up for Mackenzie in the same way because she needed so much intervention. And, um, you know, that, that job took a sidestep uh, a few years ago and it's actually been the best decision of my life, yeah. It would have been mentally exhausting for you to have that at work and then to come home to Mackenzie as well. Absolutely. I just never really got to take that hat off. And it, you know, Mackenzie was my priority and I wanted to be able to give her the best that I could. And I felt like because I was, my energy was so invested in my clients and I had a huge um, caseload, very complex caseload that I, I just, I just intrinsically knew that I wasn't showing up for her in the way that she deserved and the way that she needed. And it, yeah, it was exhausting. You know, as a single mum, I would get Mackenzie to school and then I would work in those six hours. I would be with her in the afternoons. And then once she'd gone to bed at eight o'clock, I would work until midnight most nights just to get my reports done and follow my emails and my case notes and things. So it was pretty full on and it served a really, really great purpose. It really set, set us up. Um, financially and I had a lot of freedom in that role which was so important for me um, but it was not sustainable no because it was exhausting. Yeah so what was the the switch that got flicked what was the catalyst for you to say that's it I can't sustain this life anymore I need to make some drastic changes for yourself and for Kenzie. Yeah there was quite a few I think the biggest one was I'd moved and I moved into a really big house. I moved in with a couple of my best friends. There was animals and that new environment and change from Mackenzie really um, upset her. And there was a lot of challenges in that experience where she was constantly getting lost in the house. She was very stressed. Her anxiety went through the roof. And that was the, the starting point for me, really starting to look at what her needs were and how I was, how I needed to show up for her more. Uh, and then on the other side of that, there was a couple of times where I just woke up and was so I couldn't get out of bed. And part of that was fatigue. Part of that was um, the stress that I was under. I started to develop a chronic inflammatory disorder within my bowel. 
Uh, and I, I remember waking up one morning and having to call my mom and say, I, I literally cannot get out of bed. I need you to, I need you to come and get Mackenzie dressed into school. And I thought, I can't keep doing this. Uh, if, if, you know, what if, what if my mom or dad wasn't there and I didn't have somebody else to rely on? Like she needs me to be the most healthy, vibrant, energized person to keep showing up for her. And uh, I think that happened twice. And I thought mm, this, no, I can't keep doing this. And it was still a little while before I, I made the call to leave the job um, and, you know, made a pretty big decision to travel around Australia with Mackenzie. Um, and that was the catalyst. It was that point of just going, I need to be 100% healthy for this for this little person and she deserves that and I deserve that as well yeah. and where I went from. So tell me about that packing up your life and getting into a caravan it's something I personally could think of nothing worse with my children traveling with them like they would drive me to drink I'm sure. What what made you decide to to pack up the six months and, and head off with her? And logistically, how did you cope? <laughs> yeah, look, I just felt like it was the only way I could I could give her the time she needed. You know, in the context, you know, we live in a, one of the biggest and most thriving cities in the world, and in the context of living in a city and paying rent and being a solo parent and having to work the way that I was having to work, I just thought this is not going to work. I can't just not work and be available to her to support her. She's still going to be at school thirty hours a week. And I went along to um, like a huge group meditation and sound healing. And there was a guy there who had traveled around Australia for two years, rent free with his wife. And I walked out of that experience going, that's, that's the answer. The answer is to travel in a caravan with your kid. <laughs> and I spent about eight months planning and preparing. And once the idea was in my head, it was, that was what was going to happen. And you know, I sort of spoke with a couple of friends about, you know, oh, we should do this and travel with our children. And they were like, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I was. I you were the like, only one that did it. <laughs> this is happening. And, and yeah, I bought myself a, a caravan and had to, you know, buy, buy a new car to travel with that, to, to tow the caravan and packed in and hauled in every piece of therapy equipment I could think of and things that I could educate and school her with. And, and off we went. And I'm sure you developed some wonderful, memorable moments during that journey. Uh, it was it was so special. You know, I, I'm thinking about selling my caravan, which has hardly been used since since that trip. And but there's it's such a special special part of of our life and our journey together. And um, yeah, they, we just met so many amazing people and had such amazing experiences and just the relationship I built with Mackenzie in that time and how well I got to know and understand her and her needs as she was growing and changing and it was it was invaluable. And is that during that journey when you decided to write a book? Yeah uh, the decision to travel kind of also coincided with the idea of writing this book and so um before I'd even left for my trip, I already had the, most of the story written. It was like just this, the, the rhythm of the book was in my head and I knew what the first page was going to be in this repetitive uh, little phrase after every journey that we were going on. And so I had this really beautiful leather bound journal that my best friend gave me to, to write in as we were traveling. And um, that holds all of Mackenzie's descriptions of the experiences that we had. And then 
one day I just sat down. We were in Townsville and it was late at night and I literally just sat down with my computer and just started typing and I, I wrote the whole book in six hours and um, that, that was it. That was done. It was, um, you know, I wrote it in that short amount of time, but like I said, most of the story was already in my head and I don't really remember when I first had the idea of writing that children's book. Yeah. Um, I can't remember that, but it, but the rest of it was just sort of all history now. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's very special. So The Adventures of Kenzie Moo is available. Was that a, a cathartic thing for you to do as well? Was it a sense of relief of actually just writing everything down? It was, yeah, absolutely. I, I write and I blog and I started up, um, you know, our little Facebook page, The Road Unseen, when we were travelling and the purpose of that was to have a platform for family and friends to see what we were up to and, it, yeah, the, the the process of writing the book and then the process of then actually publishing it and getting out into the world it was sort of two years between in, in time frame between writing it and it getting out and being available. And it was so much hard work and it just exceeded my expectations. And it was just the most overwhelming and fulfilling um experience to to do that and and then of course to see how all the children have have received the book and all the the wonderful messages that i've received from them and parents sending me messages of their kids blindfolding themselves and trying to eat dinner and just to have have a kenzie experience it's just that was the point and the purpose and also to showcase how wonderful australia is and really you know thinking about adults it was really about empowering parents as well to know that we don't have to be defined by our situation and actually it 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 can and if we have the ability to see it as a catalyst for the most wonderful life and obviously this trip helped you regroup and obviously you're quite a spiritual person who's in in tune with her, her own body when did you decide to start um developing these retreats that you now do for, for parents who are in a similar situation to you? Yeah, when I returned home, I just sort of spent that first year um, finalising leaving my career as an OT, um, started my new career as teach, teaching yoga and health and life coaching. And I was I was on, on another little caravanning trip. Mackenzie and I went down the south coast and I just – it was just like a random idea. I woke up and thought, you know, people need to come together and we need to commune with like-minded people who really understand. And I just put a little expression of interest post out on, on social media. And um, to this day, it was still the most trafficked and, and shared post um, just saying, any special mums out there, would you like to do a retreat? And uh, it just went crazy. And I was like, okay, well, that up. was the <laughs> And uh, two months later, I ran my first one. So it was all, uh, you know, I kind of don't waste any time. Once, once, once the idea is there and the seeds have been planted, I'm just ready to go and make things happen. And yeah, we've still, you know, from that very first one and the ones that I've, I've held since then, um, all of the, those mums are still in contact and we have a little private Facebook group and they, um, they've formed relationships and friendships that are, are, are lifelong because when you come together with other other mums that really understand your situation all of the small talk it's just so irrelevant and you go down really quickly into really deep 
uh, conversation, sometimes really dark conversation, but it's so authentic and raw and true. And you can't help but form really powerful and meaningful relationships when you're being so open um, with some of your deepest vulnerabilities. And that's the wonderful, wonderful thing about Source Mama and, and these podcasts are a bit of an insight, but obviously there's the, the Source Mama Facebook private group as well, where people do have that ability and confidence to share their most inner thoughts that perhaps, you know, sharing at the coffee shop with a, a friend who doesn't have a special needs child wouldn't be a palatable yeah. experience. What do people actually take away from your retreats once they return from having that really deep and meaningful experience to then go back to their normal lives? What do they say that they actually gain from that? Uh, look, for all of them, it's different. And it might in that whole experience just be one sentence that I said, <laughs> or it might be, um, you know, I'm really understanding the power of meditation as a tool to staying calm and centered or, um, you know, w women who have gone off to now be regular yogi practitioners when they'd never done yoga before. Um, you know, really I'm bringing to these experiences all the tools that I've used to help me feel really great and centered and stable and thriving. And I think because I'm living, I'm living the same journey um, and people see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, uh, it's just a really powerful space for us to come together. But I mean, really, everyone takes something different. I think some for some of them, it's just to know that they're not alone. You know, it's such an intimate but such an isolating experience. Mm. And when you come together and, you know, you have these really sometimes very dark and deep-seated feelings that might be guilt or shame or fear or hatred or resentment and that you can say, you know, I really, like for me, I, I've had, done a lot of work on how how resentful I have felt intrinsically towards my experience at times and um and I share that very openly certainly never projected openly to Mackenzie but um there's been times where in my head I'm like damn it <laughs> you know yeah. and and probably a lot more than that um but to be able to say yeah I really get angry at my kid for being like that sometimes and someone will go oh my god so do I and yeah. it's just that instant knowing that you're not the only person feeling that way and that your feelings are normalized and it's safe and actually really important for us to speak about them because we're not speaking them and we're not speaking our truth we're holding them inside and if we're holding them inside we're we're on a roller coaster down into a really really dark and and even more vulnerable tunnel and it's not a nice place to be no and i'm assuming even though you you know look like on the surface you've got it all together being a single mum with the challenges that mackenzie has it must be extremely hard at times absolutely yeah yeah for sure and i was talking to a special needs mum on um just last just last week and you know, she sort of said the same thing. She's like, oh, but I see you and you're saying all these things. And I'm like, don't be fooled. This is sort of just <laughs> appearance, right? And at times, and for the most part, I am really vibrant, thriving, and, and everything's good. But of course, there are times where, you know, for many of us, especially in the, this last six months and the last four months through COVID and for all of our, our friends in Victoria who are still on this huge lockdown, I, I was triggered into uh, experiencing anxiety for the first time. And there was days where I was waking up and I was like, well, this feeling in my body is not, not good and I need to find ways to, to move through this. But I have the tools. And so I knew exactly what I needed to do to help me feel better. But 
uh, I was struggling to. And, um, you know, Mackenzie has a severe anxiety disorder and um, that also can trigger, trigger a really severe um, health issue in her. And so there's sometimes it's a very fine line between parenting and setting boundaries yeah. and not pushing it so far that you trigger an adrenal crisis in your child. And so I'm constantly in this battle. Um, but for the most part, I've been so fortunate really to spend the last five or six years just really understanding the importance of taking care of myself and trusting that in doing that, Mackenzie also thrives and benefits as well. And how is she going? What what are your goals for her in the the short to to medium term? Yeah, she's doing really well. Um, she's such a boisterous and really confident young girl, and um, she's a great communicator. And all of that makes life a little easier, I think. Um, we have a nephew who's nonverbal, is cerebral palsy, and um, you know he can say yes or no and understands, but um, it's the, the challenge of communicating with someone who lacks the ability to communicate is so challenging. And, um, you know, I experienced that with my nephew and, and my sister as well. And, um, but yeah, she's, she's, she's awesome. She's going really well at school. She's off to high school next year, which is shocking um, and exciting. So she'll be changing schools. Um, she's currently learning a language. She's has a really profound um, natural uh, talent and skill for language. She has a really impressive memory. And so she's um, through COVID and we started online Spanish lessons. I was going to so say, what are you speaking? Where are you heading off to in your caravan yeah. <laughs> to Spain? Spain. <laughs> <Near> Spain. <laughs> so she can tell us what to order. Um, that's actually my dream to be able to speak yep. Spanish, but I have the ability for, to do that. You'll oh, have well, to I do, do it through her. She'll interpret for you. Yeah, she loves it. She just loves it. And she plays music. And um, I'd really love to see her get back into some horse riding. She used to do um, riding for the disabled, and she hasn't done that for a few years. So I'd love to see her get back into that. But, I mean, the biggest goal for her really coming into her being nearly 12 is that I just really love to see her make friendships. You know, she spends all of her time with me. Um, all my parents, um, she has a couple of friends that she might see once or twice a year outside of school. And I would just love to see her thriving in, in social situations and um, forming, you know, real friendships um, aside from the kids that she has at school. Yeah, so that's kind of a big culture. Yeah. And what about you personally? Um, uh, retreats, yoga, what else are you up to? What's, what can we see more of you doing in the future? Yeah, I I just kind of at the moment I'm I'm in this really creative stage, so I'm I'm just putting together an online course specifically for there's a little a little voice in the head that's saying you need to create a course that's specifically just for special needs mums, and I'm kind of pushing that back a little bit at the moment because I'm like God, I can only do one thing at a time, um, so I'm really looking forward to putting that together. Um, I'm I'm supposed to be writing a book with my one of my my beautiful business partner who I um, run a retreat with in in Bali every year. We're putting together um, a, a course that really just focuses on how we um, stay strong and stable and clear and have good direction and focus in our lives. And so we're sort of putting a book together that goes goes with an online course with that. So that's really exciting. Um, my retreats and um, I've got a bit of work coming up with um, a special needs school, which I'm really looking forward to. So working specifically with the parents and um, just sort of offering workshops that really focus on rest and rebalance and sound healing and sort of 
really wonderful opportunity for me to pull all of my resources together and just hopefully help them feel amazing. And hopefully you're practicing what you're preaching as well and looking after yeah. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> how can people, how can people follow your journey? You've got um, big social media presence. Yeah, so I've got uh, on Facebook, The Road Unseen, um, and on Instagram, it's just my name, tanya.sava. Uh, I've been really drawn to wanting to create a new Facebook um, personal business profile because The Road Unseen is very much a space about Mackenzie, and for the most part, that's what people love to see. Yeah. Um, she really wants to or has already created her own YouTube channel, which is her sort of reading stories because she narrates books, which is so beautiful. So that's um, story time with Kenzie on YouTube. So I think the road Soon on to scene be brought will... out in Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah possibly, possibly. Um, so, yeah, we'll kind of, so I think that'll kind of become a fusion of, of her and just sharing, continuing to share her journey because, you know, I think she really inspires people and which is just so amazing that um, she has the capacity to do that. So I just kind of let her um, go where she is, is willing to go and you can catch me on, on those platforms. Most of my Instagram is probably the, my most, my most um, common place for me to share when I'm up for it. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us today and certainly inspiring both yourself and beautiful Kenzie. So thank you for being part of Source Mama Podcasts. That's my absolute pleasure. Thank you. Wonderful. Well, look, I'm Rachel Williams. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Source Mama. If you enjoyed the chat and want to hear more, there are some more episodes coming out soon. And of course, as always, plenty more inspiration over at sourcemama.com.au and on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, the private Facebook group for, for all of you amazing Source Mama fans and special needs mums and amazing women out there. That's a, a wonderful resource. So um, we do invite you to become part of the most exclusive inclusive club but for now i'm rachel williams thanks for joining us take care this episode of source mama is brought to you by dairy farmers a2 goodness plus prebiotic milk we've heard a lot about the importance of good gut bugs but what these tiny organisms eat to survive is just as vital they feed on prebiotics and a super easy way to get prebiotics into your kids diet is through the milk they drink Containing only the A2 protein plus added prebiotics, Dairy Farmers A2 Goodness Plus Prebiotics is goodness from free-roaming, pasture-raised cows. Dairy Farmers, here's to good.